the Irish Times Inside Business Podcast in association with EY, building a better working world. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. IKEA is one of the biggest retailers in the world, and this week we discovered that its store in Ballymun in Dublin is the best performing IKEA in the globe, with annual revenues last year of €252 million. Marcia Smith is Deputy CEO for the UK and Ireland, with responsibility for the Irish business, and she joined me in studio to discuss the success of IKEA here. You'll hear us talk about kitchen designs, furnishings, meatballs and sustainability. But I began by asking her to take us through the record-breaking year in 2022, with IKEA Ireland posting revenues of €252 million. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a fantastic year for us. Uh, we saw growth in lots of different dimensions. Um, so, of course, we have our main store in, in Ballymun, and that was incredibly successful. We also have a, a really successful online business. Actually, the online business is only five years old, uh, but we've seen record growth there. So uh, 33% of our sales came online. Um, we also then... Um, Last year opened plan and order points around the country, which is a little bit of a new format for us, a smaller format. Um, and they've been amazingly successful. We've seen a really good uptake. It's mainly for planning, so planning kitchens, bedrooms, um, so a combination of all of those things. Sure. So this is, if I'm right, Nace, Cork, Drogheda, St. Stephen's, St. Stephen's Green. Green. Yeah. Okay, I haven't missed anyone. Um, so just explain how that works. You go to these locations. If you want to plan a kitchen, yeah. um, let's say, uh, you can sit down with a designer and go through it and you can uh, place your order. But if you just if you don't want to design a kitchen or you don't want to design any uh, particular room, you just want to go and order some furniture or whatever, you can do that in these locations as you well. You can do that as well. So they're staffed by uh, interior designers, kind of planning specialists, so that if there is that little bit of... Uh, help that you need or maybe you've just got some questions about some of the products and you want to go in and, and speak to one of them you can actually order on on site or you can just order from your phone order from the app okay. um, but they're yeah. not delivered to these locations not to those locations no but we do have also now a partnership with tesco yeah. uh, so we have 11 locations around the country where you can pick up your goods from tesco um, again, that's quite new. That was something else that we introduced last year, and that's been a really successful partnership so far, one that we're looking to continue with. You know, you go pick up your groceries and you pick up your IKEA furniture at the same time. Right. Let's talk through, um, you know, the, the items that sell the best, I suppose. What's the best-selling item for IKEA in Ireland? Uh, there's quite a few where I think uh, we have a few records globally, um, which, uh, I mean, it's, it is the number one selling uh, store in the whole of the world, which I'm... In yeah, terms of revenue? Yeah, in, so incredibly proud so of. So no other IKEA store in the world generates more revenue than 250 that's million right. a year. That's right. What's the next best performing one? Uh, I think it would be one of the stores in Sweden. I think maybe it's the Kungenskurva store okay. in Sweden. Is that because in Ireland we have just this one store, essentially? I know you have other ways of buying, you know, click and collect and all of that online and, and so forth. But essentially it's all down to the Ballymun store, whereas in Sweden I presume they have multiple IKEA outlets. Yeah, there are more stores in Sweden. Um, I think it, it is a combination of yesterday in terms of the full-size store that we have uh, We have Ballymun. We also have a smaller 
uh, a smaller store in uh, in Carrick Mines. Um, but I think it's also that, yeah, we've been very lucky. You know, customers love coming. Uh, we had 3.6 million visitors last year. So I think uh, it's a little bit about the whole experience as well. And that's something that we... You know, we focus a lot on trying to make sure, number one, that the customer experience is a positive one. That's something that we measure very actively. Uh, every, every single day, we kind of get a pulse check of uh, how is the experience in the store. Um, but we also try and do a lot in terms of activities, especially for families. So, you know, if you go there at the moment, you uh, you know, you can go and... Uh, I think the activity at the moment is you can make a Christmas Eve box. Um, you know, you can uh, go and have uh, uh, some uh, really good food uh, for a very good price in the the restaurant. So it's very focused on then making sure that that whole experience is is fantastic. And we're really proud of the level um, that, that, that the store in Ballymun is at. And we see that in the customers that come back to us. So 3.6 minutes, about 10,000 a day, but... On a really busy day, how many people can you handle? What's the max? Um, I think if you talk about the weekend, um, sort of in our busiest periods, um, I mean, it, it, you know, we've quite long opening hours, so it tends to be sort of spread across the the day. But probably at its peak, I mean, you might be talking. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're talking. I'm trying to remember now from when I was working in the store mm. as the uh, the store manager. I'm trying to remember what our maximum number was at any one point. I don't remember us ever having to actually close the store because we had too many people in but it's fair to say it would be a few thousand i think at any one time at any one time right and over the course of a day what would be the maximum yeah number? probably 15 15 to twenty thousand, right. maybe right okay I, I mean is it getting to a point where you might be maxed out at ballymon in terms of how many no people you because can um actually now i mean we've seen a little bit of a spread because of course you've got then the visitors to the store but you've also got online as well so when you add all of that up together you've got all of these different channels we've also got a lot of visitors now um, Mm. that come and use our new service which is click and collect so they don't actually go into the store they actually come and collect their goods Um, you know you wouldn't count them uh, with uh, with the thousands that are actually inside of the store because I think that's an important service to offer you know we love the fact that it is a great experience people love coming into the store but yeah, sometimes you ch- your time's short and you might just want to, you know, quickly order your Billy bookcase and then just go and pick it up and you can be in and out in a matter of a few minutes. So $252 million was the revenue for the year. What was the profit? We haven't finalised profit figures yet. We finalised the revenue. Uh, we're just in the process of finishing that audit now and then, uh, but so far it's looking uh, roundabout sort of a similar level to, uh, to to last year. So just under 13 million. I think it was 12.8, was it? It's around, it's going to be around that. that same figure. So we've held with last year, which we're really happy about. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a tidy profit. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that, you know, it's kind of an interesting business in that, um, you know, we're still a a, a private company. Um, Absolutely, um, all of the profits that we we make are invested back into the business. Um, But we also take 15% of the profit that we make um, globally and we invest it into IKEA Foundation. Um, which is an amazing organisation uh, where we are able then to help some of the the poorest uh, the poorest populations uh, in the world. There's an incredible amount of work that's done um, all across the world to help those that need it the most, and always fifteen percent goes directly to the the IKEA Foundation. 
So how important is the Christmas shopping season to IKEA in Ireland? It's really important because we know uh, that our Irish customers absolutely love to have a gorgeous home for Christmas. So, um, yeah, just been in the store now today. It was really busy. Uh, People looking at uh, dining tables, chairs, you know, people coming home for Christmas, they want to have the the home set up in a beautiful way. Um, they're buying candles, they're buying Christmas decorations. Um, so yeah, we see a really uh, we see a, a, a bigger footfall this this time of year, and then it goes quiet a little bit before Christmas, and then after Christmas, we sort of flick into more the season of storage. Um, so suddenly people are looking around and maybe they had a, a, they have a few more things that they need to store away. Um, so they're, they're looking for good storage solutions then. So that becomes a little bit like that's our storage season. So you have it every which way. So how many days are you closed over Christmas? You're obviously closed Christmas Day. Are you back open Stevens Day? Uh, no, we, we actually also close on Christmas uh, Eve because, uh, yeah, it also in the Swedish calendar, that's quite an important um, date for us. So uh, then we open back up on the 27th. On the 27th, so the day after St. Stephen's Day. So three days closed, yeah. uh, essentially. And I presume you're open New Year's Day? Uh, yes. You are. Okay, grand. And what percentage of your sales, roughly, would come from the Christmas selling season? Oh, it's quite hard to say as a season. I mean, we we tend to work uh, more in more in kind of tertials, and actually, you know, we kind of hit a bit of a peak sort of around the August time, and that's mm. when a lot of our new products come out. It's when kind of that that time when kids are off school and then they're going back to school. So it's hard to say as a percentage exactly what you would attribute to Christmas because. I think it's quite different to other industries. Like, for example, um, yeah, we would see uplifting areas such as dining tables, um, but we, we wouldn't necessarily like categorise that as Christmas. Um, the way that we measure the business is we have we split it into kind of nineteen different uh, areas, and the the the, the biggest, um, the most kind of popular business um, is definitely the bedrooms business. Um, now, growing popularity is the kitchens business as well. Um, so it's, it's a little bit. Yeah, it, it would be quite hard. I mean, if you took Christmas as just being, let's say, Christmas decoration, it's actually quite a small percentage for us. Okay. Um, when people go into the store, how long are they spending in store, roughly? Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, we of course, you've different kind of activities that you do. Mm. You know, you do have the, the in and out people. People come just for meals as well sometimes. So we have a lot of people that just come to us for a really good meal. Um, the cost of our so meals, So many of the 3.6 uh, million would just come for the cafe experience? Yeah, I'd say probably a couple of hundred thousand for sure uh, would just come in and and, and have food and that's fantastic. So, uh, um, but yeah, I think most people I'd say you're probably talking on average about an hour, hour and a half if you wanted to do the full, the full kind of experience and then maybe get a hot dog at the end. Wow, sounds like a bit of an endurance test. <laughs> no. It's the length of a football well, match. It's uh, you know what I think. The lovely thing is the the whole store, and and for me, of course, I'm biased, but this is the magic of IKEA for me. Um, you know, I think we're unique in the sense that we have all of the rooms um, where you can literally go into the room and imagine. You know, do you want to have your room like this? But all of the rooms are based on actual data from Irish life at home um, facts and the studies that we do. So every year we'll do thousands of um, visits all around Ireland looking at how do people live, 
what are some of the problems that they have, um, what do they want us to try and help them to solve. And then we see our job as being using um, some of that understanding of some of the biggest challenges and then looking at the product range that we have and seeing how we can best solve some of those problems. Are you saying that in your showrooms they're tailored towards an Irish audience and if I was to go to a store in Sweden, I would see a different type of showroom display or in Britain or Germany or France or wherever? You'd see the same, many of the same products, not 100%. You would see many Mm. of the same products, but perhaps the way that they are used would be slightly different. We also know, um, we have all of the statistics around, um, you know, for example, if we were doing a living room and it was for a family who had three children, that room would be tailored to how we live in Ireland, um, activities that go on in Ireland. So you should be able to see yourself in that room and hopefully see how you can solve some problems that you may or may not know that you have at home um, actually in the store. Similarly, in Sweden or in France or in the US, um, there are quite big differences. And that's why we do this life at home study, because we want to know what are the real problems, um, get under the skin of the problems so that we can solve them. So of the hundreds of thousands of products that you have on sale in Ballymun, how many of them would have been sourced from Ireland? It's quite low from Ireland in terms of uh, sourcing of, of entire uh, products. Um, I think there are some uh, contributing materials that we source from Ireland. It's quite a low percentage. I mean, we're a global company and the way that we manage to keep our prices low is we, we globally source products. Mm. It's a bit disappointing though, isn't it? I mean, in a sustainability sense, and that's such a huge t- thing now for all businesses, but particularly for retail, the carbon footprint, that you create around all of your products. If you're shipping virtually all of your products into the Irish store, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, ultimately, I think we would love to source a lot more close to home. Um, well, for you're sure. here 14 years. I, I mean, think, how, uh, come, how come you haven't managed to crack that yet? I think the expectation that customers have from us and what we like to try and do is we, we pride ourselves on on always trying to be the lowest possible price. I think we're a company that's here for the many. Um, that's very important to us that, you know, if you don't have so much money left at the end of the month, that you can always come to IKEA and you can find something. So those those low prices are really, really important to us. And of course, then, um, you know, if you are sourcing for the world from any any one country or another, it is a way of being able to keep the prices low. And that predominantly is what we what we try and do. But of course, I think, you know, we always would love to be sourcing more locally. One of the the movements that we've just made um, is to um, open a a customer distribution centre. So if a a customer places an order today, um, it actually is uh, shipped out of uh, Peterborough in the UK because that's the setup that we have today. And actually what we've been trying to do is bring the goods uh, much closer to Irish consumers um, I'm really delighted this year that we that we got to announce that we will open um, a distribution centre. It's operational from January, February next year. Um, and what that will do is that will drastically reduce the CO2 emissions because the, all the goods are there then. So if you place an order, mm. you can get those goods into your home within one or two days. Where will that be located? It's in Dublin, on the outskirts of Dublin. Right. I think it's uh, towards Meath. Right. So how would the Irish store compare with other IKEA stores around the world in terms of its carbon footprint? 
Um, I presume you measure. Yeah, we, we're actually a very, I think we, we measure lots of different things. I mean, we have a, we have a wind farm as well in Ireland. And I think um, the output and the, el- the electricity that we use in Ireland, we produce four times more than we use in Ireland. The overall um, statistics, because it's something that's massively important to us. Um, it's something that we're very conscious of. We're working hard with a circular economy to look at see to see how can we how can we always do better. Um, so in comparison, actually Ireland is one of the best ores in the world. Uh, we use a lot of renewable energy, and we're constantly on that journey um, to try and improve. We we have. Um, uh, a shop in the store, uh, the resell, uh, uh, reshop store, uh, reshop store, um, and actually any articles that returned that are, you know, they they might just have some uh, some surface damage or uh, be slightly mm. less than perfect. Maybe they've been used for display. Um, we always try and make them as good as new, and then discount them and and sell them. I hear on. what you're saying about the renewable energy, and it's good. I think that wind farm is in County Leitrim. By the way, what do you do with the surplus? That you generate, does that go back into the grid? It does, it right. does. Um, but I presume other IKEA stores around the world and other countries, I presume you're generating renewable energy for those stores as well. So, you know, given that practically all the goods are shipped in and obviously distributed then around Ireland uh, through various means, how can how can Ballymun be among one of your best performing stores in terms of the carbon footprint? Well, I think it's also um, we we measure in lots of different ways. One of the things that we measure is, um, I mean, we measure overall energy consumption, and I think one of the things that we've noticed is with our coworkers who we we work really hard together with the coworkers to try and I think raise awareness of you know when you work for IKEA you you become very conscious of um, always sort of you know, living within your means, we, we care about the planet, we want to do as much as possible. Um, so they they also become very conscious of then things like reducing energy consumption. You know, we turn the lights off wherever we can. Um, we do lots of different things to cut down on the energy that's consumed in the store. Of course, that can vary from, from location to location. In Ireland, I think um, what we see is that our co-workers take a huge amount of responsibility um, for helping us with that journey. So that contributes towards us being one of the best stores um, across the world. How can harnessing the power of AI help drive your business? At EY, we combine leading business expertise with cutting-edge technology and capabilities, working directly with you to plan your strategy we will accelerate your AI-enabled transformation. To learn more, visit ey.ai forward slash IE. And just in terms of the products you sell, I was talking to a colleague earlier uh, who's got young kids and he mentioned the fact that he bought an IKEA sofa because uh, for you know a number of reasons it was cheap uh, or cheaper um, than other products in the market. I think he could take the covers off and wash them. And, you know, he figured that the sofa was going to get a bit of a beating over the next number of years because his kids are small and so forth. But is that the, the, the mindset of customers around IKEA that you can buy products that are cheaper than you get elsewhere? Mm. Um, and yeah, sure, they mightn't last as long, but that's okay because you can go back and replace them then again. You know, it's a it's sort of a perception that maybe Primark uh, pennies here uh, might have that the clothing is much cheaper but that's okay. You can replace it. It only lasts so long. That's fine. You can replace it. It's still uh, cheaper to replace rather than going out and buying a more expensive item in a, you know, in an upmarket fashion retailer. 
Mm. Not in the slightest. I think, um, number one, I think we... Uh, we're very confident with our guarantees. So often when you buy uh, something like a sofa, you'll get quite a long guarantee with it. Because actually what we do is when we um, we design a product, we put all of our products through huge amounts of testing to make sure they are going to last the, the, the test of time. Um, we do things like um, replaceable sofa covers because I think, yes, you know, you want to live with your sofa. You don't want to treat it as a as a piece that you, you can't sit on. Uh, many of us have children who, of course, we all know, you know, children can, uh, can cause a bit of extra wear and tear. Um, but we also offer free spare parts. And all of that is because what we want you to do is live with it for as long as possible. We also now offer um, a buyback service. So, Let's say you have that sofa that you, you know, after three years, you decide that you want to have a change. It's still a perfectly good sofa. It can go on and have a second life and maybe a third life. And one of the things that we will do is um, if you bring it into the store, of course, it's a bit trickier with the sofa, but with many of our products, you can bring them back into the store. We will offer you a credit for it. And then what we do is, um, you know, if it, if it needs a little bit of TLC, we'll do that. Uh, we will then resell it on for you. So that's been a that's quite a new service, uh, but we've we, seen a you, lot of popularity. Yeah, when you resell it on, who gets to keep the the price tag uh, at the end? We net it out. So if we give right. you a certain amount, um, then we'll just put it back into the into the store and we'll sell it for the same amount because it's actually more about providing you a service that. If you are, you know, maybe you've finished with that sofa, but actually for somebody else, that's a perfectly good sofa. Um, so we want some, someone else to have a second life and a third life with it. I mean, we see, we all know that the uh, the secondhand market is is absolutely huge. And that's a really positive thing because, you know, we don't want our goods being thrown away. We want them to be used until they are completely kind of uh, worn out. Now, if I went into Marcia Smith's home, uh, how much IKEA furniture would I see on display? It's all IKEA furniture, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's. I've been working for IKEA for twenty years, so you know, I, I am. A, I would say I'm. I, I both work for IKEA, but I'm also a super fan as well, like uh, many of my colleagues. So. Yes, uh, it is fair to say my kitchen is from IKEA, my sofa is from IKEA, my bed is from IKEA. Um, you know, I've more Billy bookcases than I than I care to count. My desk is from IKEA, so I'm You're trying. Living the brand. I'm trying desperately to think of uh, is there something that I have that is not from IKEA? So television. Um, uh, yes, brilliant. Yes, that is. Uh, that is one thing, yes. Right, but maybe the stand is, um, who knows. Um, I should point out that IKEA, uh, in terms of being an employer, um, you're, you're paying the national living wage, or you will be, uh, which is higher than the, the minimum wage uh, is here. Um, I know you've uh, you've given your workers, because of the performance last year, um, you've given your workers a, a bonus, uh, a month and a quarter's right. worth of salary as a bonus. Uh, and I think there's a, a pension pot as well. That's right. Um, a, an extra pension pot set aside again because of the uh, strong performance so it's worth uh, noting all of that and um, I'm curious about your your strategy in terms of attracting families mm. I presume that's an important
important part of your business. Mm. And I see that you did 105, I think it's 105,000 children's meals uh, in the store we in, did. in, in Ballymun. So obviously that's yeah. uh, substantial enough. So you must get quite a few families uh, through the door. Now, if mm-hmm. uh, mom and pop are coming with uh, the, the young kids, uh, it can be, uh, again, a bit of an endurance test for uh, for the parents as well as the, the kids. But the kids can, you know, uh, they can be lively, let's say. Um, so how do you... Uh, how do you work that? Um, how do you strategize to attract families and, and keep them occupied? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if, if I start with the, just reflecting on the, the, the co-worker uh, point, first of all, it actually was a total of 1.8 million euro we invested in um, improving uh, pay for co-workers. And I think that was why we saw our retention um, dramatically improve. Um, so, the year before, we know uh, we had a lot of turmoil in the market. 40% of people left us. Last year, it dropped down to 27%, which was much uh, better. And, you know, people also go on and they they, they come and they work and then they, they have a different uh, career. So, but really, really proud of that. Um, also, then, uh, we have now an amazing flexibility offer. So, it's also about then understanding, you know, if you, if you have a family, um, you need that flexibility now and, and that's important to us. But I think in terms of customers coming into the store, then, yeah, I mean, we're in a market where, um, you know, we, we, we have um, a number of children. And I think for us, it's about, as a family, you should feel like you can come into the store and you can really relax. Um, you're not feeling like there's things that you can't touch. You know, we love it when we see families just like trying out the sofas, trying out the beds, kids trying out the toys. And then I think we have um, an offer for the restaurant that is a really good one. It's really important to us that you can feel like maybe even if you don't have so much money left at the end of the month, you can still come out and eat as a family. Um, So there's a few different uh, children's dishes, you know, there's the um, different... um, uh, things that you can um, you can come in for a you know just a cinnamon bun. You can come in for a coffee. You can also come in for a full three course meal if that's what you want to do. All right. How much will a three course meal set you back? Oh, now you're testing me. I mean, I think probably for one person you could get a three course meal with a dessert. I'm thinking you could probably get that. I'm going to say for about seven eight euro. Okay. Um, it's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah, in <laughs> fairness. Uh, 3.6 million meatballs sold in Ballymun last year. So uh, what was it? Did you say 3.6 million visitors? So everybody uh, had a meatball. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of meatballs. Yeah, um, but actually, I mean, uh, we, were, we were laughing about this earlier because uh, they are not all meatballs now. They are mm. actually 40% of them are, are plant-based. So 40% of the meals that we that we sell now are actually plant-based. Well, so if you're selling 3.6 million meatballs, surely there has to be meat in them. <laughs> I think, uh, I'm not sure whether they're all meatballs. They might be meatballs and they might be what we call plant balls. Right. So a plant ball is... Uh, that from... might be part of the 3.6 million <laughs> yeah. as well. Right, but okay. anyway, it's uh, it's uh, it's an awful lot of, of food. And uh, yeah, it remains the most popular dish that we do. I think uh, everybody, everybody loves the meatballs. Right. After the meatballs, what would it be? Uh, the fish. Yeah. We, we do a, a really nice fish meal. Um, yeah. And then people come in for... Bre- they love the breakfast as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, cinnamon bun, I think, is also one of our best sellers. Wow, okay. Um, and, and people do just come for the, the cafe experience, as you say, presumably uh, presumably locals uh, to Ballymun. 
Just curious as well in terms of delivery charges. I think you're quite competitive uh, in, in terms of delivery charges and that must be one of the attractions uh, for people who shop with IKEA. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, we, we try and keep the prices as low as possible. Um, I mean, there's an offer, you know, we almost see it as a bit of a scale. You, mm. you can come into store, collect yourself, then you can do click and collect. Um, you can collect from one of our collection points now. Um, and then, of course, if you want delivery, and depending on where you live in the country, um, I think we, we do try and keep an eye on on prices and try and make sure the delivery prices are as competitive as, as possible. And, of course, we have the new um, customer distribution centre coming, um, and that's really going to help our accessibility. I think you know we'll be able to deliver much quicker. If people want a quicker delivery, we'll be able to get that to them once that opens and we start um, shipping out from there in January, February. Yeah. And it creates an, uh, it's going to create 120 new jobs, which we're also really pleased about. What's the average spend? by people in the Irish shop? I think it's in the region of about 130 euros, something like that. But I mean, that varies. Per visit or per transaction? Yeah, per transaction. I mean, it varies a lot. You know, some people come in and they they have five euro to spend and we make sure there's something for them. Other people come in and they they want to spend 3,000 euro on a kitchen. So there's quite a big variance. And again, I wonder if you've done some research on this. How many people, anybody who's been to IKEA might know that, or will know, that uh, the showroom is obviously, uh, when you go in first, that's that's kind of the major part. But then you have the market hall afterwards um, where you're selling smaller items. Uh, I, I wonder how many people just go for the market hall and sort of dash through the showroom. Do you have any research on that? Yeah, I actually don't think it's so many that just go straight to um, market. Well, you can do that. Um, and I think that's something that we don't, uh, you know, we, we encourage if that's what people want to do. If they just want to browse uh, market hall, they can. Um, we know that on average people come between three and four times a year. So I think um, it depends on then, you know, your purpose. Sometimes you come in for a bigger purchase and then you know that you're going to spend a bit more time in the store. Uh, but it's also important that if, if someone wants to come and do a sort of a, you know, a 15, 20 minute dash, then they also can can do a shorter shopping experience. Um, so that's that's possible as well. So tell us about Marcia Smith. When did you join IKEA? 20 years ago. Right. And why? I had always had a big passion for home furnishings and I lived quite close to um, an IKEA uh, back in the UK and so I kind of had a bit of a curiosity about it. I joined um, more, more or less on the, on the shop floor. And then I think the reason I stayed was because um, IKEA is a great company to work for if you're down to earth and you're just, you know, you believe that everybody should be treated the same. And that's exactly what IKEA is all about. So I found that I just, I worked hard um, and then other people came along and said, oh, have you tried working in this department? Have you tried working in that department? And I, I'd never really sort of moved around. Um, I'd always worked more or less in kind of customer service roles. And then suddenly somebody was offering me an amazing opportunity to work in something completely different. So even though I was a bit scared to go and try something new, other people kind of believed in me and then went there you know, did a role? good job. Um, I actually moved into the finance part. That was probably the first biggest switch that I made. Um, I was very scared initially and then actually got loads of support, found that I loved it. 
uh, was very happy there. And then somebody said, oh, you know, do you want to go and run a project? And again, I'd never run a project before. So it's a little bit the way we do business. It's about having lots of different opportunities. And we we sort of believe that um, if you try lots of different experiences and also if you work in different countries, somehow it helps you to be broader and to understand the business a little bit more. So it is an amazing company to work for, especially if you, you know, if you want to travel. Um, we have stores uh, and markets all around the world. So, yeah. And did IKEA provide training, management training to yeah. you uh, along the way? And is that something typically uh, managers, leaders within IKEA, are they people who come from within the organisation? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's actually we, we have a very high percentage of internal promotions, I think, compared to other companies. Mm. So, yes, we do really loads and loads of training. It's all in-house and we do training on, let's say, specific areas. So um, training in logistics, for example. But we also do a lot of training when it comes to leadership and trying to help people to develop their leadership. So if I think about all the programs that I've gone through, they've all been internal. Um, and, you know, it's the best part of the job. You you see somebody that you, you know, you maybe took them on as a, as a part-timer, as a 16-year-old, and then, you know, a few years, fast forward a few years, and they've worked really hard, and now they're running the living rooms department, the bedrooms department, um, and beyond. So it's it's the best bit of the job is is seeing people that you have helped support grow into these amazing roles and then sometimes also going abroad and having different experiences. Now, presumably you've got to keep moving your offering along. You've got to keep providing something uh, new for people, keep refreshing the offering. So looking out to 2024, it's almost upon us. What new things can we expect from IKEA next year? Well, actually, uh, last week, um, I spent the week together with some of my colleagues in Sweden, um, and we were looking at all of the new products that are coming out next year. Um, and I mean, you know, for a super fan like me, it's the best week of the year. You, It's, it's yeah, it's like being in a little bit of a fairy tale. You see the most amazing new products. The only frustrating thing is you have to wait a few months before you can actually buy them. Um but we are focusing, uh, continuing to focus a lot on kitchens, uh, really important for us here in this market. Um, we're also then really kind of uh, delving even more into the world of sleep and how important sleep is. Um, we we sell amazing mattresses and uh, do a lot of research into what's important in a mattress and how you can get a good night's sleep. Um, also, the most gorgeous uh, new home decoration products coming in. Um, and actually, home decoration is uh, in the, the Ballymun store is the, the most successful home decoration department in the whole of the world. So clearly, everybody in Ireland likes to decorate their home. So I'm sure they'll be very happy when they come in and start to see some of the new products. And uh, finally, uh, I suppose one of the things that uh, IKEA is known for is assembly. And given that you're a super fan of IKEA products and you've uh, you've put so many IKEA items into your home, <laughs> I'm wondering how good you are at assembly. Oh, yeah, you know, I, f- I always feel like I should lie at this point and say, yes, I'm so good. And then I'm worried that somebody's really going to put me to the test. So I, mean, I have to say I'm very fortunate. I have a husband uh, and a 16-year-old son that can assemble so much faster than me. They are definitely better at, you know, uh, being able to put things together quickly. So I do tend to 
allow them because they love it to do the assembly for me. Um, but, you know, if I had to, I could, but, you know, I wouldn't want to deprive them of that fantastic experience. Well, that's, that's very generous <laughs> of you. Um, Marcia Smith, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Marcia Smith for joining me on the show. John Casey produced this episode with JJ Vernon on sound. Thanks also to our sponsor EY for its continued support. And remember, as a subscriber to the Irish Times, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on X, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. The Irish Times Inside Business Podcast, in association with EY, building a better working world.